This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents UK Matters in Accounting. Sponsored by Accountex. And a very special shout out to our brand new commercial sponsor for this podcast. It's Practice Win. Martin, you know a lot about these guys, don't you? Yeah, Practice Win came onto the scene in Accountex this year, and they've developed an app that allows the accountant and every member of the accountant's team to curate the content that they feel they need. So rather than having to go through a site and find everything, the specially curated content from the channel experts comes direct to their smartphone. And there's so much content out there, it's great to cut through it. And my firm's app who produced this, they really know what they're talking about with accountants in the mobile space, don't they? Oh, they certainly do. They've been around for a long time. And one thing's for certain, they want everyone everywhere to feel involved from an accounting uh, firm perspective so that they know that that team, whether it's a senior manager or a partner, can access what is needed with ease to help develop their practice. And that's what WIN stands for. Practice, win, what I need. Where can people go to find out more, Martin? Uh, they can go to practicewin.co.uk. That's practicewin.co.uk, where they can download the app for free and start curating their content immediately. Fantastic. You accounted to get there. And thank you, Practice Win, for sponsoring this show. Welcome to UK Matters in Accounting on behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, show coming out every Friday, predominantly to accounting practitioners and the fintech professionals that surround them here in the United Kingdom, because this is where the world began and this is where it all happens in accounting and fintech, or so we think. Thrilled to have with me today a true UK influencer in the accounting space, Will Farnell, author of The Digital Firm. Good day, sir. Hi, Rob. Nice to be back with you again. Well, one of the one of the topics you have your finger on in the UK is the mergers and acquisition space, the consolidation, the movement, who's buying, who's selling, who's doing what. There's a lot of interesting things going on. We're going to talk about that today. Just give us an overview of what all this means. It's a really interesting time, Rob. And I've I've been following this now for uh, the best part of three or four years. And and it it, it started because I had this this kind of view that. Uh, the the money men and women, the private equity firms, the VC firms uh, were making sizable investments in the technology that as accounting businesses, um, we, we rely on really heavily. Um, and my personal view of this was that, well, they're spending all this money acquiring all of the technology that we use. I think there's gonna, going to become a point where they say, you know, we've got the technology so now why don't we buy some of the service delivery end of this process? Um, so for me, that was quite appealing because I was building a, a high growth uh, accounting firm. Uh, and like any good business owner, we always have an eye on the exit. Um, and uh, for me, it was a case of, well, this presents an opportunity because if I think this is what's going to happen, then how do we get best place? So when it when it does and, and these private equity people start to look at accounting firms as uh, um, an opportunity, because 
we have really good quality earnings in an accounting business. It's a thing called gross recurring fees. And uh, basically, as long as we don't mess up, our clients keep coming back and paying us year on year. So quality of earnings is really high. Uh, if you're a, a high growth accounting firm, and that's that's really only kind of 20%, um, you become an interesting proposition uh, for people that are looking for good quality earnings on a recurring basis. Uh, so we, we it kind of looked like there was an opportunity to be had. So I started following space. Uh, and interestingly, uh, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, we started to get the phone calls and we started to get the LinkedIn approaches from private equity saying, hey, look, we're looking at the accounting space and we think there's opportunities here and would you be open to a conversation? Um, and on the back of that, I've kind of followed the developments and uh, uh, my own view is we we have probably about 11 or 12 consolidators in the uk market at the moment um majority of which are private equity backed um it creates lots of interesting opportunities and challenges uh, and the reason i think we can look back and and see failed consolidators of years gone by and the big challenge i think is that so much of uh, the accountancy profession is is made up of partnership models um, where there's multiple partners with multiple views of the way they want to do things. So it, it isn't conducive to the corporate world of, of private equity. Um, however, the number of, of players in the market at the moment, we did some kind of rough back of the fag packet calculations and, um, and came to the conclusion that the amount of money that's circulating at the moment could buy about number 15 to number 100 in the top 100 accountancy firms in, in the UK. That's completely unsustainable. So some of the people that are in the market looking at consolidation at the moment might leave disappointed. Um, but it's a really interesting space. And when you say there are opportunities as well as challenges, are those opportunities for the consolidators or the firms that they are acquiring? Both, because we we know that um, we have a, a, a generational shift going on, millennial, Gen Z, who have very different um, attitudes. Um, uh, home ownership is is more expensive than it's ever been. So when you get a trade-off of do I buy into an accounting business or do I buy a, a, a home, succession is much more challenging perhaps now than it than it was 20 years ago. Uh, so firms are having to look at what are the options for us. So those, those partners that are locked in um, have got capital locked up in in partnership models. How do they exit? How do they uh, uh, they benefit from from those years of uh, investment into into growing those practices? And a younger person coming into accounting firm is perhaps not enamoured with a business model that forces them to pay capital in to pay off partners at the top end. So you need a new business model. Absolutely, the future of the uh, the partnership model is probably a conversation for another day. But absolutely, you're 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 absolutely right in terms of particularly if the business isn't being run in a way that they think it should. And we've got that whole kind of technology shift that's going on at the moment that that means that so many times that that kind of top talent is saying, well, you know what, I can probably do this better on my own. Uh, and they're spinning off and, and doing their own thing and building their own practices at, at really high growth rates. And when you talk about the challenges, we've got the opportunities on both sides of the table. The challenges presumably also are on both sides of the table. You talked about some unsustainability in the way firms are run. We've heard of 
private equity and acquisitions going wrong. So talk to us a bit more about those challenges on both sides. What go, can go wrong? So I think for the for the firm, it is, it is a big change. As soon as you become a, a part of a, of a corporate investment, uh, a number of things changes. You're you're not you're not controlling your own destiny in a way you might have done. Many of the deals that are being done need kind of remuneration caps and things to enable it to be to be profit to plow into new acquisitions and so on. So there's a big change in terms of the internal operation of of the businesses. Um, equally, it's a case of what's what's best for the client. We've got to remember the client in this. Um, what what are the opportunities for that small minority that that actually still aspired? to buy into a partnership because we've just said on one hand less want to do it but there's still some that are going to have their sights on that and saying well actually I, I want to be a partner and if it's a corporate model then that kind of almost eliminates the opportunities for for people to buy in once as, as corporate ownership um what we haven't seen yet is what the the the, the cycles look like so most private equity firms work on five-year cycles so what happens in five years time when they want to roll the investment so there's lots of unknowns uh, but what we're seeing at the moment is the sheer number of people that are, that are jumping on the bandwagon that is creating this unsustainability in terms of there just aren't enough acquisitions to go around and then it's a case of what everybody's looking at the same there's only so many firms north of two million revenue uh, in the UK and that's where the private equity guys are tending to look because they've got to be big enough deals that they can build it and what they're trying to do is is build critical mass so they go from being a a, a kind of an accountancy business into an accountancy platform um uh where the the EBITDA multiples jump from kind of six to ten twelve fourteen times might we see some kind of price well will if there's only enough firms to acquire but an increasing number of consolidators if two are looking at the same firm, almost like a, a soccer player in the top leagues, well, I'll pay 20 million for him. Okay, well, I'll pay 25 million for him. And there's a bit of a bun fight. Absolutely. And, and that's kind of inevitable. We're starting to see it already. I think that, that it is going to drive up pricing. The challenge, of course, is that as a, as a profession, we've got really hung up on this kind of revenue multipliers. Um, so you ask most people, what's your firm worth? They'll say, oh, about one times revenue. Um, and what has been a problem over a, a number of years is that, that that's what everybody gets told. So everybody gets told, hey, your firm's one, worth one times revenue. But is it really worth one times revenue if you're not making any profit? And actually, we we looked at some acquisition within our within our firm, and we looked at in the region of about I don't know sixty five firms in a twelve month period. Now, arguably, these are smaller firms. Our our profile was kind of seven hundred and fifty thousand to one and a half million revenue. Um, but the vast majority of those firms, once you started to add back owners' salaries and and so on, replacing those those people, they really weren't making any money. So all of a sudden you can't you can't expect one times revenue for your business if if when you kind of replace you with somebody else to do the work that you're doing as the business owner that you're then not making any profit because you're not going to sell your business for one time revenue if if you're not really making making a profit so really interesting that and it was a stat that uh, QuickBooks uh, shared uh, on their roadshows back in 2019 where they put up a stat that I didn't believe at the time and they said. 50% of accounting firms are not making any money. Um, and I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. But actually, our, our own uh, research and, and evidence based on what we were looking at suggests that at least half the firms we looked at 
weren't making any money, which is astonishing. So, Will, just to finish this off, let's get out your crystal ball. We know how notoriously difficult it is to predict what's coming up now over the next 90 days, let alone the next 90 years. But where are we going to end up with this journey that we're on with M&A activity? Certainly there is going to be more consolidation. There's no there's no doubt about that. Consolidation is, is going to be happening at the mid-tier level, um, uh, which means it creates opportunities for the larger, smaller firms uh, that are just below that, that kind of mid-tier because as more mid-tiers get swallowed up. There will be clients out there. There will be employees out there that say, you know what, I want to work for a smaller firm. The firm I was with was okay, but now it's part of this big group. So there's opportunities for everybody here. Um, there's also opportunities to to kind of get a, a key message across to clients that that you're you're excuse a cliche, you're kind of small enough to uh, to to care, but big enough to cope. Type um messaging um so there's opportunities right across the board for for everybody here but certainly we're going to see more consolidation we will certainly see some of the consolidators not delivering what i think they're going to deliver because there's just too many uh the fact that we've got a dozen or so trying to consolidate when we go back to the the 90s and we saw two that couldn't make it work um at least two that couldn't make it work so it's a really interesting space it's great that that the private equity world sees the possibilities and the opportunities within our within our market it's a hugely fragmented market um lots of opportunities but it also means there's opportunities for for small firms to do some of their own consolidation uh, and use organic or use acquisition uh, as an alternative to much longer term organic growth we talked a lot about acquisitions but not mergers there was a recent big top 20 merger in the uk with bkd and ghd to form forvis which is now a top 10 multi-billion pound firm so the consolidators could consolidate by one another and we get bigger movement in the top 10, top 20. Is that possible? Oh, absolutely. And I think most of the private equity deals are likely to be focused on building a, a critical mass and then selling it to a, a bigger group. So you get a consolidation into a consolidation. Um, so I'm sure that's if you look at it, you look at the scale. I mean, Azets is is on the open market now for somewhere in the region of 1.5 billion pounds. Um, uh, so clearly, it's it's going to be another financial institution that has to buy that because it's not going to be another accounting firm, but at a much smaller scale where you've got 30, 40, 50 million pound uh, uh, accounting businesses that could be subsumed into uh, uh, another private equity backed platform. So really interesting times. We don't know, Rob, what it what it's going to look like in five years time, but it's certainly going to look different to what it does today. And I just wonder, Will, in closing, whether the fintechs will buy an accounting firm. We know the market cap of companies like Iris and Walters Kluwer and Intuit and Sage and these others, they've got plenty of deep pockets and PE back in. They might just buy a big accounting consolidator and work on both sides of the fence. Yeah, it's, a, it's always an interesting one. And I've had conversations with a few of them on that over the years. And I think the uh, the standard argument is, well, we couldn't be seen to be competing with our customers. Um, so I think that's that's probably the the thing that might stop that happening. But um, we we know already that, that HG Capital, who own a significant amount of accounting tech, uh, also um, owns uh, uh, assets and uh, um, uh, various other accounting entities already. So it's kind of happening. Um, just not quite as open uh, as, as you positioned it a moment ago. 
It's a fascinating chat. Thanks so much, Will Fanel, for giving us a wonderful overview of the mergers and acquisitions, the consolidation space here on the UK Matters in Accounting podcast. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents UK Matters in Accounting. Sponsored by Accountex, 